You're listening to True HR, the podcast that offers up authentic conversations on all aspects of human resources for both individuals and organizations. With over 25 years of HR experience, your host, Shannon Clark Johnston, interviews established and emerging thought leaders about HR issues and trends. So sit back and get ready for conversations that are real, authentic, and true HR. Today's world moves fast. Some days, it feels like stress is all around us, at work, at home, even driving in your car. Living with chronic stress can cause a myriad of mental and physical health issues, depression, sleeplessness, headaches, digestive problems, and more. But living a life without stress isn't realistic. The key is learning to manage anxiety that can sometimes overwhelm us and keep us from being present in our lives. On this episode, our guest and mindfulness expert, Nikki Ganjemi, shares easy and practical methods you can apply to become more mindful at work and in your personal life. Join us and discover how you can change your mindset, reduce stress, and start living your best life. Hello, and welcome to Episode 6 of the True HR Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about cultivating mindfulness in your personal and professional life. And I am super excited for you to hear from our guest on this topic, Nikki Ganjemi. Nikki's a speaker, author, and founder of Mindful Matters, LLC. She calls herself a personal trainer for your mind. She's also an international board-certified master success coach, master NLP practitioner, and master hypnotherapist. Welcome, Nikki. Thank you, Shannon. I'm super excited to be here with you. I'm so excited to have you because uh, as we did talk about when we were preparing, uh, you know, human resources can be a profession that uh, can at times be stressful. It is a support function. And so we're often caring for other people in different ways. And because the audience is largely HR professionals, I thought that mindfulness and really paying attention to mental health uh, might be a good topic. So I am so excited to hear what you uh, have to share today. Awesome. I'm excited to share. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think I think for me, when, when I started, you know, kind of ruminating on this topic, I was thinking about mental health in the workplace and how it's really only become something we talk about in the last couple of years. Uh, I remember some years back, we're talking eight or 10 years back, and we were focused on physical health. That was getting better. We were realizing people were coming to the office, you know, with their whole selves. So we started to do, you know, um, enhancements to our benefit programs where if you took place in certain activities, you would get a decrease on your contribution to the benefit premium. And that was great. But it, I'm just trying to remember, and I'm pretty sure it didn't have any components of mental health, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't really want to talk about that. And I think when you think of yoga or when you used to think of, not yoga, but when you used to think of mindfulness, you would kind of associate with like yoga, meditation, maybe touchy-feely, right? Mm -hmm. And that's really changed um, in terms of work, which I think is fantastic. Um, But I think it's probably important to first define what we're talking about. What, how do you define mindfulness? So... I love the founder of mindfulness, John Kabat-Zinn, his definition, which is that mindfulness is simply present moment awareness. Mm. It's allowing yourself to be in the moment and using your five senses. 
Mm. What do you see, hear, feel, taste, Mm -hmm. and touch? Mm -hmm. So when you're in the midst of a stressful situation or feeling anxiety, worry, uh, it's about sort of taking the temperature down. Is that right? With being more aware of what's going on and not so much focusing on that. Yeah, it's more, it's almost like if you could be an observer of yourself Mm -hmm. and sit in the back seat of your mind and just notice from a place of curiosity and Mm -hmm. rather than judging yourself, like, hmm, interesting. I notice I'm (laughs) feeling some stress right now. I notice I can't stand this person I'm talking to. (laughs) (laughs) I'm noticing I want to get up and leave. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay. And letting it be okay. Right. right? It's just, it's an awareness rather than a judgment, which, which is, we're so used to, right? Like I shouldn't feel this way, you know, and that's just like a program that we learned from growing up. Yeah. All the no's and the don'ts and the should nots. (laughs) It's so true because I know one of my, I know everybody has different different issues when they get stressed as far as the physical manifestations. I've seen people that get hives on their neck or I know that I get red Mm -hmm. in the face. Uh, You know, whether it's not so much if I'm embarrassed, but when I'm when I'm getting stressed or when I'm having a conversation that I can feel is going not in a great direction. But then I start judging the fact that my face is probably getting red. And then and then it gets worse because I'm like, <laughs> then it gets worse. now my face is red and this person's going to, it's a tell. And now, mm-hmm. and now this whole thing is going to just devolve because they, they can tell I'm upset. And yeah. And you start to get in this like sort of cycle of stress and worry about the stress and worry. Oh yeah. And it could totally, it's like that cycle and yeah. it could be like a rabbit hole where you just spiral right down. <laughs> it right. just gets worse. It grows. It's like you feed the fear. Right. Versus saying, okay, interesting. I noticed that um, I'm feeling this flush, you know, that's (laughs) rising up in my skin and it's okay. Like Mm -hmm. it's okay that it's there. I know it's going to pass. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. you know, again, just kind of circling back to to HR, I think that we do judge ourselves because we feel we're supposed to have this together. We're supposed to be good at having difficult conversations, for example. And then when we're not, and then we think, oh, my goodness, someone's going to notice I'm not. And then it's like, again, it's just this sort of added pressure um, that I think is very unique to the function of feeling like I should know how to deal with people. I should know how to mm-hmm. deal with myself. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's a lot of self-talk. Mm-hmm. Right. So you could even be mindful of the self-talk. What am I telling myself? Is it nice? Is it compassionate? Mm. Is it loving? Mm hmm. Yeah. Would you talk this way to Mm -hmm. uh, someone else? To someone else. Usually the answer is no. I would never say that because then I'd have no friends. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Right. It's it's really true. And it's I think it's just this kind of almost patience with yourself that you're describing is a form of self-care. Right. Because if we just get running away with that negative self-talk, you know, I don't know about you, but I've talk to myself in the car for years, <laughs> even before there was Bluetooth. So I probably look like a psychopath, but <laughs> but it was a way to work things out. But I did notice sometimes I would, if I was really upset, it wasn't productive after a while because, you know, I was really kind of ruminating on mm. the stress, which then made it more stressful. Um, and I think it's the same thing. And we might've talked about this when you are you know, watching a show, if you're already stressed and you're watching a show that makes you upset, you're on social media and you're looking at things that are making you upset, whether it be the news these days or what have you. So it can all really feed into that um, 
mindset. So um, I think what you're saying is really important, sort of this way to just kind of take a step back and yes. look at yourself kind of from from sort mm-hmm. of like a third party perspective. Oh, yeah. Literally stepping outside of yourself and observing yourself from that mm-hmm. third perspective. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And so why do you think that we're talking about this in terms of work. Like, you know, like I said, I mean, really, I think it's just gotten more commonplace. And and I think it's wonderful. You know, there's um, positions and organizations now that are fully focused on health and yeah. uh, wellness. So what do you think's gone on in the last, I don't know, four to five years that have led to this kind of, hey, it's okay to talk about this kind of attitude? Yeah, I think it's that whole concept of the majority rules kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, several years ago when I was teaching in the public school system, I brought the topic of mindfulness up and I created a program, Mindful Matters, and this was around 2016. And I did a professional development training for the teachers and it was cultivating mindfulness in life and in the classroom. Oh, wow. And the reaction I got, it was like, What's this mind? What's up? Are we going to like hold hands and say, yeah, yeah. really? There was a lot of resistance to it. Wow. And uh, years later, I had resigned in 2019 and I think it was in 2020. And that was really the year that it was suddenly, (laughs) it's okay to talk about emotions and stress and how you're feeling. It's something that everybody needs. And I had um, friends of mine who were still teaching and they text me, oh, they're looking for someone to teach mindfulness. And I'm like, like, oh, really? You were ahead (laughs) of your time. And it's like, yeah. Wow. Do you think that COVID pushed this forward? Was it already kind of brewing? Um, to your point in majority, I mean, everyone was hurting, I think, with COVID. So yeah, it was brewing. Yeah, it was definitely brewing. It was definitely a topic that some people were talking about. Mm-hmm. And then I think more people started talking about it. And there's something about, like I said, the majority, suddenly, it, oh, okay, it's kind of like, it's okay to talk about this and mm-hmm. to show an interest in it. Mm-hmm. And then there's the FOMO, like fear of missing out. Like, oh, what's this mindfulness? <laughs> what's this mindfulness? I want to hop on this happy bandwagon. <laughs> right, right. And it's like a new lingo. Mm-hmm. It's a new chatter at the office. And yeah. and, it, and I think, you know, at least from an HR standpoint, we started to talk more heavily about this when we were trying to get folks to come back to the office uh, or, you know, either during or sort of after the initial stages of COVID. And you really did see a lot of acute uh, fear and um, concern and just people just reevaluating their entire lives. Uh, so I think you're right that it was already brewing and it feels to me like COVID just kind of made it a must. Yes. Right? Yeah. It went up the priority level, I think. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, stress and how you feel and feeling anxious and overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can see see it too. We might have discussed this in social media and what people are talking about. I mean, even if you look at LinkedIn and you look at what people are posting now versus maybe 2016, like you're talking about 2017, things are much more personal. People are putting themselves out there. Uh, I think people can make their own decisions on you know, what they think of that. But it, it, the fact is it's happening and um, people are sharing. So I guess I'll play devil's advocate. Um, is is it too much? Maybe? I don't know. Is it, is it, what, how do you feel? Do you feel like the whole discussion about mental health and mindfulness is, um, can it be negative? I love it. 
personally. <laughs> I'm like, finally, right? I can talk about what I want to talk about yep. and it's better received. I think too much of anything mm. can be a negative, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I have said so many times that mindfulness has been my ticket to mental freedom. Mm. Prior to me being introduced to mindfulness, the chaos in my head, mm-hmm. the upset, like OCD, those obsessive, compulsive, negative thoughts, that same thoughts day in and day out on a mental loop that made me feel uncomfortable in my own skin mm-hmm. didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And when I was introduced to, you know, just mindful breathing, mindful eating, meditation, yoga, it was like that mental chatter slowed down and there was almost like this space, like this gap right. in between the thoughts where I didn't realize that for 35 years, I really <laughs> wasn't breathing. I mm-hmm. was, my heart was working, but I, I was, it was such a, I learned what it was like to really breathe, like take a deep breath mm-hmm. where your shoulders go down a half an inch. Right. And it's like, ah, oh, this is nice. Right. Right. So I, I just continued with it Mm because it just it felt really good right to relax and to learn how and it was something we really weren't taught right in school we weren't taught how to think we were told what to think Mm -hmm. we weren't taught how to process our emotions we were set you know brush yourself off pick yourself up let's go get over it lots of people have it worse yeah so we weren't taught how you know you're right and my my guess would be that Probably some of maybe what people would characterize as oversharing on social media is this reaction of really what you're talking about. Like, I've been suppressed for so long. I haven't been able to reveal who I am, whatever that means to that individual. So now I'm out there and I'm yeah. I'm laying it out there. And so probably like anything, the pendulum will swing and kind of Always. sit somewhere in the center, right? Yes. So maybe some of these conversations are good uh, to have to kind of get get to that point that it that it's not weird to mm-hmm. talk about mindfulness. And you're so right with school. You know, I see that um, in, in my son and as the pressures of school get greater and high school and preparing for college, um, you know, no one talks at school about how they should be coping with those. They have some maybe special, you know, seminars here and there that mm-hmm. you can attend, but not as a sort of course of their schoolwork, like during right. the day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It needs, and I I had said this at the time when I was teaching that this should be in the curriculum, just like music and phys ed and art. This is like emotional fitness, not something that we do during character ed week or Mm -hmm. an assembly. It should be every day, just like we shower every day. This is a cleanse for the mind and it's something that you do every day. Mental hygiene. You live it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, why do we have physical fitness, but we don't have anything to do with mental? Yeah. You know, I think sometimes people also believe that being, you know, having the ability to be mindful and and sort of calming and and relaxed, as you've described, you're either born that way or you're not. Like, you know, some people are just better at that than others. Uh, I know for me, I told myself that for a year as well. You know, I didn't want to do yoga because I had tried and I would just sit there like, thinking about the 9 million things I had to do and I couldn't calm down. And now later in life, I realized that was the whole point um, to just calm down. Um, so is it, you know, what's your, what's your take on that, that, that are some people better at it than others? And I, I'm assuming you, you believe it can be taught since you have methodology, but, yeah. but, but sort of tell me a little bit about, you know, what you think when people say that. So it, what comes to mind is 
we are what we think we are. Mm -hmm. And I hear it all the time, too. I hear people, they literally make suggestions for themselves. Oh, I'm ADD. People will just (laughs) say that they're that without ever having been diagnosed, you know, or I'm just really hyperactive. Like they tell themselves that. And the body always follows the mind. It's like when you're watching a late night TV and a commercial for pizza comes on Mm -hmm. and suddenly your mouth waters and now you're craving salt. And it's like you had the thought in your mind and the body follows. So when we tell ourselves things like, I'm so stressed, Mm -hmm. your body's going to react. It's like you're giving your body a a directive. Right. Right. So I think um, to answer that question, it's that can everybody relax and calm down? Yes. But they've got, that has to be the dialogue. Mm-hmm. That's what they have to tell themselves. And and everybody's a generalization. I really don't like to use generalizations mm-hmm. like that. But for the most part, mm-hmm. you know, so be mindful of what you tell yourself. And you can really, and, and I, I know that there are times when you, it's like, think of a time when you felt so relaxed. Maybe it was when you took that bath or you were on the beach or you sat down to, you know, you had five minutes and you had a cup of tea. There mm-hmm. are these moments where you you can relax. And if you could do it once, it's repeatable. Right. You could do it again. Right. I do think we we have limiting beliefs. Everybody has them. And uh, we tell ourselves these stories. And I, I think a lot of it also has to do with the culture and the, the hustle culture that we're in and uh, social media again. You know, some of the things that you see on there, you think I should be doing this or I should be doing that. Um, I know you have a little saying about shoulding, right? Is it the, when people, what is it? Oh, um, the, oh, about shooting. Oh, that we should on ourselves. <laughs> and it, it's something that we, I mean, we just kind of learned. Yeah. You're just shooting all over yeah. yourself. There's a great book, um, What to Say When You Talk to Yourself by Shad Helmstetter. Mm-hmm. And he says something like, if you grew up in a generally positive household, on average, between zero and 18 years old, you were told the word no 148,000 times. Wow. Yeah. So there's wow. the no and can't and don't and shouldn't. And we're, we become wired for that. Mm-hmm. And it's no like surprise that to this day, we're still repeating those things. Oh, I shouldn't feel that like we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. It's a program. It's like our mind is literally like a computer program. And um, we sometimes need to reboot or update it Mm -hmm. so we can run more efficiently, right? And be more productive. Yeah. No, absolutely. (laughs) Stop shitting all over yourself. No, I I do remember at one point during my career and I would, you know, probably like most people, I would write an email and then, you you know, take a look at it, make sure it doesn't like sound crazy. And it's everything. And I really tried to focus on taking shoulds out of my language. um, And I couldn't believe how much I was using it when I was aware of it. Uh, but speaking, it's probably different. I probably still have too much of it in there, but um, I at least try to focus on it. But it's raising that yeah. uh, that awareness that, that words matter yeah. uh, to oh. others, right? And how we talk to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think I do believe, I agree, it, it all starts there. Absolutely. Brene Brown says, your language matters. Mm-hmm. Your words matter. Mm-hmm. I love replacing should with get to or choose to. Mm. It just feels so mm-hmm. much better. Like I ch- and it really, it is. It's a choice. Where we put our focus and attention is something that we get to choose. Mm-hmm. And if it is a should, then maybe you should check it and see. <laughs> maybe you should check it. And you see. really should do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, because like that's mm-hmm. uh, you know, if if you're always saying I should do this or I should okay. do that, it's like really sort of take a second. Is yeah. that true? 
Like, right. maybe I don't need to. Maybe I don't need to. And what is it I do want? Yeah. You know, and sometimes we just need to be told that you've got the permission to do that. It's okay. Exactly. Yeah, you could put yourself first. You could give yourself that self-care. You really can't give it to somebody else if you don't have it within you to begin with. Yeah, I, I went to a, a, a great leadership course um, some years back at Columbia. And what I loved the most about it was that it started with self-awareness. We did you know, probably the whole first day on self-awareness because you cannot be a good leader if you don't know yourself. Exactly. You know, and not just yourself on a leadership level, but just know yourself. Know yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So important. Um, so so going back to, you know, we, we've defined it and we kind of we know it's important. When does it come into play? Like, what are some of the things that you see and hear from folks at work and some sort of common sources? I mean, of course, I could think of probably about 52 examples <laughs> off my personal experience. But but what are some maybe more common issues people have where where mindfulness could help? Well, you mentioned the word rumination before. Mm-hmm. When we get stuck on something that could be what you don't want or negative, and you just go down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. So that's an example where if you're aware of where your focus is and what you're thinking about, you could take a step back, kind mm-hmm. of step outside of yourself and refocus, mm-hmm. right, to get out of that. Um, when you notice that you're overwhelmed or stressed or you're worrying about something like something you don't have control over. That's Mm -hmm. a a good time to just to notice it, to notice it and name it, give it a name. Mm -hmm. Like I notice I'm having a feeling of overwhelm right now, as opposed to I'm overwhelmed. Or what's wrong with me. What's wrong with me. It's like you, you, we take it on as if it's an identity and we are not the emotion. It's just energy that you're currently feeling. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. And it, it feels different when you kind of take a step back mm-hmm. from it. It's kind of like when your friend or maybe a coworker is stressing out about something and you're listening to them, but you're not feeling that stress. You could easily give them advice because you're separate from it. Right. So when you name an emotion, like I'm having a feeling of overwhelm right now, that gives you that distance so that you can kind of talk to yourself and give yourself advice mm-hmm. like, like you would a friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, anytime, like I said, I mean, for me, there's some personal triggers. I'm assuming people have them, like I said, my face getting red or feeling warm and kind of knowing that this is something that's escalating. And and you mentioned um, some obsessive compulsive behaviors or thoughts. I, I've experienced that myself and to the point where I'm so upset about a situation that I really can't focus. Maybe someone's not sitting in front of me, but it's so bothersome to me that I can't really shift. And it's hard to get out of that. Um, You know, do you have any guidance when it's sort of like, I'm just obsessing over a situation, even though I'm not in it at the moment, I just like sort of these thoughts come. Yeah. And what I think of, it's like one track mind. Mm -hmm. We all have a one track mind, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And it's kind of like you're going down that train track, which Mm -hmm. is leading to somewhere you don't want to be. It's causing you to feel uncomfortable and feel resistance. So the first thing to do is become aware of it. Because if you're not aware of something, you can't change it, Mm -hmm. right? So you become aware of it and then you separate yourself by labeling it. Like, I notice I'm feeling stressed Mm -hmm. right now. And you take a couple of deep breaths. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the, I mean, we always have our breath. 
mm-hmm. right? We can always take a deep breath in yeah. and and then exhale that out. And it's just beginning to like, you could use your engage the senses, right? Mm-hmm. Where am I feeling this overwhelm? Is it in my shoulders? Is it in my back? Is it in my chest? Mm-hmm. You know, if it were a color, what color would it be? Mm-hmm. Shape. What shape would it be? And just asking those very basic questions, again, helps you to be outside of it and kind of dissociate from it. Mm-hmm. And then you won't feel the uh, intensity of it so much. It starts okay. to subside. And then you can say, okay, I know what I don't want. What do I want? And that's where you start to get on a different track. You shift. More of a choice. What is it I want? Right. How do I want to feel? Yeah. When those feelings become overwhelming, and I've used this with my son, I've used it with myself in a different way, but I've also, if you have the ability to do so, I've recommended to him, like, just go take a shower. Like, if it's, like, getting ready, you know, it's, like, sort of at night, like, just take a shower. And then typically, almost all the time, he'll come out and go, like, okay, I'm ready to, like, kind of refocus. Yeah. For myself, it might be a walk around the block or something like that. I, I find it's usually something more physical versus even meditating in that moment because mm-hmm. I can't get my mind there. Yeah. Physical is good too. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Yeah. Taking a walk, um, a shower, stopping to make yourself a cup of coffee or tea. Even if, I mean, if you're alone, you could do 10 jumping jacks. Yeah. One of the things one of my mentors said years ago, she goes to do jumping jacks and say, I love myself out loud <laughs> while you do it. Getting and a you visual. you can't help but laugh and smile. It's right? funny. Because yeah. it's funny. It's not something we would do. Yeah. So even that, yeah, it's moving your body. It's getting into the physiology and you will change your state. Yeah. Yeah. Just by moving your body. I, I read something. It was uh, Jack Canfield, I think. He calls it a rampage of appreciation. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of yeah, this? Yeah, Abraham Hicks, oh. rampage of appreciation. Okay, it's so maybe he was. Re- you can yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, and it's just walking around your house or wherever you are, I think, and just appreciating every. Appreciating right? everything. Yeah. 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 It's also kind of funny when you do that. I really appreciate that vase. That vase <laughs> holds those beautiful flowers. You know, but, it, but I mean, it, it, I, honestly, it does work. It absolutely works because where your attention goes, energy flows. Yeah. So as you start focusing on what you appreciate, you're going to find more to feel appreciative for. And you attract more. Yeah. To appreciate. So you'll notice good things start flowing your way. Mm-hmm. Like, Law of attraction. I like this. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. So for, for those who aren't, you know, totally convinced that this is important, what are some of the sort of physical or mental manifestations when you don't pay attention to this? Because I, I know we talked about some really serious issues that can occur with chronic stress or anxiety and worry and so forth. So what's been your uh, experience with that? Yeah, I want to answer that. And and something just popped into my mind when you said, for those who aren't convinced, <laughs> and I think I have a convincer. Okay. You know, when you're just interacting with a baby mm-hmm. or with a dog or a puppy, mm-hmm. and it's like you're just in the moment. And how do you normally feel? There's usually a laugh, a smile. Yeah, you can't like feel you bad with a baby. Good. I mean, unless they're crying. Right. But yeah. right. <laughs> They're cute. They're babies. They're puppies. Know, or you know, right. yeah, yeah. And that's so that that's what it is. You're just using your senses, and you're in the moment, and you're experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're not thinking about your problems. Mm-hmm. You're just you get a break from it, mm-hmm. and you get that relief. So how it can 
can manifest. I mean, you know, and I'm not a doctor or, you know, anything like you that. You don't play one is, on TV. And I don't play one on TV. <laughs> <laughs> this is just what I've seen, you know, people in my life and myself. But there are physical manifestations of stress. I mean, we've even heard stress kills. You know, this is not nothing new. Yeah. There's all kinds of things that can happen as a result of stress. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so those are some of the yeah of the the bad things. Not only like that, but also like your relationships with mm-hmm. people can suffer when you're constantly in that stress. Right, right, right. Because you're not really you're not in the present moment, appreciating, enjoying your life. And I think mm-hmm. often what I hear from people is that they sort of put this concept off. You know, they're too busy to do it today and things are going on. So I can't meditate, work out, whatever it is. I can't, you know, get in that mind frame. Yeah. That's, and so that's where, when I share with people, like, how can I start to cultivate more mindfulness? I say, start with things that you're already doing. You get in the car and you drive, right? You can Mm -hmm. use that as a time Mm -hmm. to just what do I see? Look around the trees, the sky, mm-hmm. noticing how the steering wheel feels on your hands. You know, right now it's starting to get a little cooler out. Maybe you've got the seat warmer on and mm-hmm. it's just bringing your attention into the moment. We we cook every day. We do laundry. We make our bed. We shower. We brush our teeth. These are all opportunities to use your senses. Right. 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 I love that about the car because I, I'm just thinking back now. I, I I had a period in my life when every day I would drive to work, I would try to notice something different. Mm. You know, whether it was like a house I didn't see before or, you know, whatever, or, you know, foliage on the street, whatever it was. And just like notice it. I don't think I realized at the time what I was doing was trying to be present. Um, but I just wanted to kind of engage more, it felt like. Just kind of not – sometimes I would drive to work. And and you almost like don't remember how you got there because you're yes. just on autopilot. <laughs> you're on autopilot. You know, and it mm-hmm. felt like not healthy to me mentally. So um no, I really I, I really appreciate that because you're right. And the everyday the everyday moments are life, right? Yeah. So why not yeah. think about them and appreciate them in a way that um, enriches your life versus, like you said before, I have to do this laundry and I have to go here. I mean, I don't love laundry, but right. you know, it's it is also at the same time not to be corny about it, but it's a privilege that I have, you know, the ability to do laundry in my house because there was a time when I had an apartment and I couldn't, you know, <laughs> exactly, like, um, you know, and I had to go to a laundromat um, years back. So um, yeah, I think that's a really important point. Yeah. So I like to bring that up for, because there's usually a time objection. Like I don't have the time to do another thing. And so you don't have to do another thing. You can just be more present to the things you're already doing. Right. Right. And you'll notice that you, you'll start to relax and feel calm. Yeah. I mean, I turn on my Keurig in the morning and then it's like, I'll set the cup down, put the pot in and I'll let myself stand there and listen to it starts to brew mm-hmm. and then you smell, you know, the flavor of the coffee mm-hmm. and it's just a couple of seconds, but yeah. it's just taking a few mindful seconds. So this takes no time at all. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I think too, and this is especially, you know, true, um, I think, well, certainly for, for kids these days, but probably everybody, a lot of times we're keeping ourselves so busy with our phone or, you know, like, or, oh, I have to get to my email or I have to, you know, and it's like, you don't just go from one thing to the next. There's no mm-hmm. time. I said to my son, I've said it to him many times, but don't you get tired? Like, cause you know, he walks around with the AirPods in and I'm like, don't you just get tired of that being in your ear all the time? Don't you just want a minute 
to just yeah. be silent. And and they really don't have that. You know, they don't right. they don't. I mean, I try to force it, uh, but the natural inclination is to just be on on the phone. Yeah, and we've kind of been trained that way. Yeah. I mean, you know, like with Facebook um, and even Instagram, the the notifications will be kind of sta- saved and stockpiled so that mm-hmm. when you look at your phone, be like, you've got 12 new likes and you get that dopamine hit right. and you feel good. Right. So you're kind now that's just how people become addicted to their phones. You're There's always a reward for something that you do. Yeah. If, if there wasn't a reward, you wouldn't do it. Right. When you touch the stove by accident and it's hot, you immediately remove your hand. So it doesn't feel good. So how can we, um, for lack of a better phrase, beat the system mm-hmm. of right? The, you know these algorithms and everything. How can we give our own self a, a natural dopamine hit? Mm-hmm. And we can do that with mindfulness. You know, you can wash your hands, right? Looking in the mirror, wash your hands, and say, "I love myself," or "I like myself," or "I love you," mm-hmm. and smile, and that release of dopamine will happen. Mm-hmm. So not only are you giving yourself your own natural boost, not relying on something outside of you, but you're also cultivating that self-love. Yeah. And then you have more to give as you're caring and helping others in your day-to-day work. Right. I remember teaching years back in corporate um, customer service representatives, and we would teach them to smile when they answered the phone because, <laughs> first of all, you do sound different. You do. Uh, you sound better. Um, and it does actually, to your point, I've read uh, on this before in times when I felt, you know, sad myself about whatever, smiling, just smile, even force mm-hmm. it. It, it. It does help. It's crazy. Oh, it's proven in science. We are a psycho-cybernetic system. Mm-hmm. So you could feel good and then smile, or you could smile and then feel good. It's fake it till you make it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so interesting. And I love what you're saying about small changes, too, because I think there are times, let's, okay, so maybe you don't want to give up your phone, you know, it's not like you're going to go all day without your phone. Right. But there are probably moments in your life, like you said, whether it's making the coffee, whether it's I'm not going to pick up my phone until, you know whatever the time is, like after I've had my coffee and I've woken up fully, I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep it by my bed. I don't keep my phone Mm -hmm. in my bedroom at night, you know, so I think for everyone's different, but there probably are ways that you can, you know, kind of just have a little quiet time to even be mindful. Oh, definitely. I do it with myself. Like I'll watch at night, I'll watch one of my shows on Netflix. And normally I would go on a dating app and I would start, you know, mm-hmm. while I'm watching the show. Now I'm really <laughs> not have to rewind because I'm, <laughs> I missed what they said. Uh, yeah. But I'll make a little commitment and I'll say, um, I'm not going to check my phone until the next mm-hmm. commercial break or whatever. You know, right. just committing to, what is it, 15 minutes? It's yeah. just being present and watching the show. And then I find that I'm watching less TV at night because now I'm actually letting myself relax and really unwind. Mm-hmm. Scrolling on your phone and watching TV, it's really not unwinding. No. It, and you really, you feel like you're more in the moment. You've mm-hmm. really enjoyed whatever you've watched. You fully experienced it. Yeah. And it's very similar to what, you know, over the years, you, you know, when you try to lose weight and they say, well, just sit and eat your meal. Like, don't stand up. Don't watch TV. Just be more present with that. Yeah. And it's so true. Or even planning out, okay, I'm going to have a, a treat today, whatever that may be for you. And I'm going to just really plan it and then really enjoy it. And then I'm going to, you know, be okay, right? It's yeah. like just more 
more focus, as you're saying, just more present with whatever it is you're doing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's really all it is. It's it's very simple. Yeah. There is a caveat, I will say. And in the beginning, I had a little bit of a hard time. There was also, um, and this, I, I think it's universal for a lot of people, there's a discomfort with being still mm-hmm. and quiet. Because mm-hmm. that's where you can feel a, a loneliness or an emptiness of some mm-hmm. kind. So sometimes the reward for staying busy is I don't have to feel that way. Right. Right. So you just keep going. That, right. Like I said, there's always a reward for something. Like so true. I had a friend once and I noticed that she was always like sort of always running from one thing to the next. Mm-hmm. And I said something once. I'm like, don't you ever just stay home? Don't you ever just <laughs> tired? And uh, she said, well, no, then I have to be with my thoughts. Right. So she was she was yeah. somewhat aware, mm-hmm. you know, that she that oh, yeah. she, but but she was still doing it. She was not going to mm-hmm. sit in. And I agree. I think there's a tendency to fill up, uh, you know, space that you might have in an uncomfortable conversation with more words. And <laughs> nobody wants to just sit and just be with it because um, it's it, it can feel awkward. And in, like you said, if you're going through something and you don't want to sit with uncomfortable thoughts, you just busy yourself. You just busy yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Busy with the busy all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it, you might need some support in doing that, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, But it's available, right? Yeah. And, and, and where we're starting is with just an awareness, right? Having this conversation mm-hmm. so that you, you become aware of it. And then the second part is to be willing, right? Willing to be different and to make different choices. Right. That's the only way we're going to get, we're going to get a different result mm-hmm. is if we take different actions. And in order to do that, we've got to be different first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you, you've you've given some really good sort of practical tips. I know that you have um, a methodology that you call the Calm Method. Yes. So I wanted to have you talk a little bit about that and how that how that works, how we how we can apply it. Yeah, absolutely. So I created the Calm Method. It actually, came out of 2020. I created it um, for a client, and um, it's really just four steps to get out of that chaos and mental chatter, whatever the stress, the overwhelm is, into this state of relaxation and calm. So you can, you have clarity on what's next, mm-hmm. what's my next action that I'm going to take, and then feel confident and motivated to actually take it. Mm-hmm. So it's an acronym. And um, do you want me to go through? Yeah, sure. Okay. Hear that. So the first step, the C, is to become conscious of how you're feeling. We've got so many thoughts every day, tens of thousands of thoughts in our mind that sometimes we are not aware of all the thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. But if we take a second to just tune in to how we're feeling, we'll know how we're feeling and we can label it, right? Mm-hmm. So overwhelmed, let's just say. And you take a couple of mindful breaths, right? I mean, emotions are just energy. Mm-hmm. Um, we personalize it. We take it on, right, as a, an identity, mm-hmm. but it's energy. And Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor, she's a neuroscientist. She had a stroke. She wrote the book, stroke, My Stroke of Insight, and mm-hmm. how she had to get back to a sense of normalcy. And she says it takes just 90 seconds for an emotion to process. Mm-hmm. So if we are feeling stress or guilt or anger for longer than a minute and a half, it's because we're stuck in the story and we're just kind of ruminating. Interesting. Yeah. So if you take a minute and a half to just sit with it, invite it in. Hello, overwhelm. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) You've got a minute and a half to be here and just Just feel it. it. Feel it. Breathe 
breathe through it. Just be with, like I said, what color, what shape, what size. That's really, you know, I think it's a really good point because I, I, I think a lot of people believe that they should just talk themselves out of their mm-hmm. feelings, right? Well, like, we were kind I of should, that, right? right. Yeah. I shouldn't. Shouldn't feel that way. Lots or of just get over it. Worse. it. Get over it. <laughs> right. right, right. And, you know, right. And, and again, going back to like sort of things I tell my son, sometimes I feel like I should be more patient. It was, oh, that's, you know, because you, you think you're older, you know more. Like, oh, don't worry about that. Right. But the right. fact is like, worry, but just don't over worry, I guess is really what you're saying is sort of let it in, but then be mindful about yeah. how long you let it in. Right. It's okay to worry. You could feel it yeah. and, and then process it. Don't stuff it down. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we uh, stuff too many things down. And this is why we see people overreacting. Mm-hmm. This is why you see road rage. It's really not that specific right. incident that really bothered that person that much. It's right. years of stuff. And that person not putting their blinker on to move over your lane. <laughs> How dare they? The trigger. So rude. <laughs> right. It's like an awful thing to do. <laughs> like like you've never done it before yourself, right? right? Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. So the step first step to see is conscious of how you feel. Give yourself a minute and a half to just process it. Okay. Um, the A is to become aware of the thoughts that you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Most times thoughts precede emotion. Mm-hmm. So when you notice you're feeling, and we're using the example of overwhelm, what are the thoughts that are causing me, feel, me to feel overwhelmed? And writing them on paper. I love to just get the thought out of my head and put it onto paper. You use a different area of the brain to even process that. And then you get to look at them in black and white. Mm-hmm. And like a lawyer, put them on trial. <laughs> are these thoughts facts? Or are they like beliefs that. or worries or projections? or attitudes, mm-hmm. right? And most often, they're not facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where you can then move into step three, which is lean into what else is possible. Like if these thoughts I wrote down in step two are not facts, then what's another option? Mm-hmm. What else might be true? Mm-hmm. And that's where you start shifting tracks. Mm-hmm. And reframing. And this is where I find clients and they need the most help because it's not natural for them to to reframe their thoughts. Right. Again, it's a practice. Mm-hmm. It's something the more that you do, the better you get at it, like with anything in life. Right. And um, and I like to use phrases like I'm in the process of or I'm beginning to so that you're not just giving yourself lip service. You know, like you could have the thought I've got so much work to do. And that's what's causing the overwhelm that you identified in step one. And then in step three, you can say, um, I've got plenty of time to do all this. And you really don't and believe you, that. Right. Well, you're not going to feel good. Right. That's not going to. So you could say, I'm beginning to uh, create more pockets of time in my day mm-hmm. to do what I need to get done. Mm-hmm. So it's realistic. It has it, to be realistic. Yeah. 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 And then you'll notice that you're already feeling better because now you're thinking different thoughts, Mm -hmm. thoughts precede emotion. So the emotion has shifted. Mm -hmm. And then you can move into step four, which is the M, make a new decision or make a new choice. So now what am I, what do I want? And then move into action, Mm -hmm. right? If it's an inspired idea, then step into action. Mm-hmm. I love that. And so so you feel most people are able to get from consciousness in the 90 seconds to aware, but the really making that L, that leaning into something new is is where people can it's a practice. Need some help. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a practice. I mean, in some people, it comes more naturally than others, mm-hmm. you know, um, but if you're not used to reframing yourself and thinking, what's another option here? How, how can I think differently about this? 
then it just takes a little time and, you know, you might need a little support. But when, you know, like anything else, when you do this again and again, it, you're, you're wiring your brain to just always change, move your attention. I'm thinking this, I don't like how I'm feeling. What else is possible? And you become more resilient. Yeah. You become more resilient, happier, more satisfied. Mm-hmm. So I say calm is like the the foundation of a house. We've got to have a strong foundation. Mm-hmm. And since we weren't taught this in school or growing up, you know, this is the basics. Right. And then you can always add onto this. Well, I mean, you know, these thoughts that got there in the first place, it's years and years and years of it, mm-hmm. right? This the mantra, program. whatever it is, whatever your thoughts about yourself and your situation are it took a long time to get there so i'm sure it takes practice to shift mm-hmm. but that's another that's more self-talk like this is going to take right. me some time right it's not right. going to change overnight and then again it's like anything it's like eating you know like oh my gosh i'm never going to lose weight and you know because i never have before and you know okay well yeah. how, how do i shift that do i don't I even know how to that? think about that differently yeah. that's been my experience right right a great reframe for losing weight because uh, at the subconscious level, when you lose something, what do you automatically want to do? You want to find it. You want to find it, right? <laughs> so we reframe lose to release I love or that. donate. Because when you donate something, donating. you're not expecting it back. Right. So you could say, I'm donating 10 pounds to I'm putting the it universe. in the bin. <laughs> putting it in the donation bin. The I'm dropping it off at the food store donation yeah, bin. Exactly. That's really great. It makes a big difference in not only how you feel, but the picture that you have in your mind. Yeah, because lose does feel a little temporary. Like I could yeah, find that again right. and I probably will. And so I should keep my mm-hmm. pants that are two sizes mm-hmm. bigger and I shouldn't really release <laughs> exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah. So that's a great example of where people, because I would never have thought of that myself, um, where people probably need need some help and support mm-hmm. in making those shifts in their mind. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the calm method. That is amazing. And I love all of your practical thoughts that you have shared. Um, And I always like to ask at the end, you know, the guests for a couple of quick thoughts that you might have some, you know, kind of little tips that you want to leave the audience with. Yeah, absolutely. We And we did. We talked about so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I could give um, just a couple of quick tips that sum everything up, it's that mindfulness is a practice. Mm-hmm. It's not like a one and done, something that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to add another to do on my list. It's just something you start small mm-hmm. and you just do one thing. You know, if you make your bed every day, then just make your bed. Mm-hmm. Without thinking about a conversation you're going to have later or checking your phone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the one thing that make it a practice right. and uh, start small. Right? It has to be manageable. Otherwise, we're not going to do it. Don't get we're overwhelmed gonna, with mindfulness. Right, right exactly. <laughs> I'm so overwhelmed by all this mindfulness I have to do. Yeah. You brush yeah. your teeth every day. Just brush your teeth. Right. Notice the flavor of the toothpaste. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the one um, tip. And then the other one is use your breathing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I love seven eleven breathing. Oh, what's that? Seven eleven breathing. You breathe. You in. stop at the seven. You stop at the seven eleven. Get a cup of coffee. Be mindful of how you drink. <laughs> Great tip. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, you breathe in for a count of seven, and then you exhale for a count of eleven. Okay. And when you have a longer exhale, you engage the parasympathetic nervous system, which releases those calm down chemicals and you relax. So it's just breathe in for seven, 
exhale for 11. That's easy. Easy to so remember. easy. Especially if yeah. you live in New Jersey or the Northeast area and you have 7 Exactly this on will, every corner. <laughs> this will come to mind. <laughs> right. That's great. Nikki, I feel like I could talk to you uh, all day about this stuff. It's I so interesting. Yeah, it's <laughs> so much fun. Uh, and I wanted to let everyone know where to find you. Um, you are at NikkiGangemi.com. So it's N-I-K-K-I-G-A-N-G-E-M-I.com. And um, I understand you can also get more information on your website about the Calm Method, um, and that's just on uh, the Calm Method. Is there a tab on the website people should look mm-hmm. for? They can just go to the homepage if you scroll down. Actually, I think I have it on every page. Okay. You can click on Calm Method. There's a button, and you can download the Calm Method guide, which goes through these four steps. And uh, it's actually an elect- like an e-journal, so you can actually type Right we need to do it. that. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then again, I know you do individual coaching. So contact Nikki um, via her website for more information on her work. And I thank you so much for being here today. It's been great. Thank you, Shannon. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Well, that does it for another episode of True HR. Thanks for joining us. If you're interested in learning more from True HR, head over to our website at true-hr.com where you can sign up to receive free tools and resources and learn more about our coaching and consulting services. 